coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast brought to you by our great friends at My Bookie. If you haven't already, guys, Make sure to sign up for a brand new account at mybookie.ag. There's still plenty of time left in this college football season. Things are just heating up right now. We just had the very first college football playoff ranking release. So put your football knowledge to use and sign up for a brand new account at mybookie.ag. Use our promo code UGA to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Or if you want to avoid the playthrough, you can also use the other option, which would be 200 cash. You get a cash bonus straight to your account. No strings attached. So jump in on the action while while you still can, but all right, guys, you know the drill. I am your host, Tyler, and as promised, I am back once again today with a college football playoff rankings release instant reaction pod. The rankings just came out, so this is truly an instant reaction type deal. The rankings were just released. I'm going completely off the cuff here, and I'm sure by now most of you, if you're listening to this episode, you've probably already seen the rankings. You know where we landed. You know what the top 25 looks like, but but just in case there's someone who fell asleep at like 6.30 and just woke up and was like, oh, the rankings came out. What happened? And now you're listening to this podcast. Let's recap this real quick. Yes, the initial college playoff rankings for the 2023 season are in. And for the second consecutive year, the Georgia Bulldogs did not hold down the top spot in the initial rankings release. Now, what does that matter? Not much, really, as long as you're in the ballpark. If you keep winning, things will take care of themselves, just like, just like they did last year when we were number three in the initial CFP rankings, and we kept winning, and things took care of themselves, so no reason to freak out. I told you guys on the mailbag episode I did not think that we would be number one, and we weren't. No, we came in at number two behind the Ohio State Buckeyes, with Michigan and Florida State rounding out the top four respectively, and Washington, the only undefeated Power 5 team on the outside looking in of the top four. And guys, it was almost exactly what I thought it would be with one ranking. On the mailbag episode, we were, the first question we started with, our, our big picture question to open the show was, where do you think George is going to be ranked in these initial rankings? What's your prediction? And my prediction was Ohio State 1, Michigan 2, Georgia 3, Florida State 4, Washington 5. So I hit most of them. The only one I missed was Michigan and Georgia. I had them flipped. And we'll get to why in just a few minutes. We'll talk about Michigan in a second. But I want to go here. Look, I know as the host of a Georgia podcast, the expectation is that I come on here and I raise hell about Georgia not being number one. How dare you not have the two-time defending national champion in that number one spot in these initial CFP rankings? What are you possibly thinking? I know that's the expectation, at least among some people out there, but that's just not how we do things on this podcast. My job, as far as I'm concerned, yes, I'm a Georgia guy through and through. I bleed red and black. That's who I am, guys. That is at the core of my identity. But my job on this podcast is to be real with you. Yeah, I'm a Georgia guy, but I can also be an objective Georgia guy. So I try to be real with you. And real talk here, I have absolutely no issue with these rankings, at least nothing worth raising hell about. I think at least the top four, top five, I think it's entirely fair and entirely defensible the way that the committee went about ranking these teams. I truly have no issue with it whatsoever. Would I like Georgia to be number one? Do I think we can make an argument for being the best team in the country? Yes. 
I would obviously love for us to be number one. And I think that we can make an argument as the best team in the country. In fact, I would make that argument. But if you want to have Ohio State number one ahead of us right now, which is what I predicted the committee would do, I am not going to argue with you right now. I want to argue with you right now. I think it's fair. I think it's defensible. I think it's reasonable. And I think it makes sense. Clearly what happened here, what the committee did, is they went the way I thought that they would go, at least in these initial CFP rankings. They went with most deserving over best. And that is always the classic conflict. That's always the argument. What do you go with? Do you go with the team that has the better resume or do you go with a team that you think is actually better with your own two eyes? The eye test you think is the better team. They line these two teams up on the field on a neutral site. Who's going to win? Now, of course, the real answer is you want to try to take both those factors into consideration and balance them out equally and come up with your rankings. That's easier said than done. Guys, this is an inexact science. When you're talking about human beings getting into a room and discussing their thoughts on who's better, who's more deserving, it's a very inexact science. And different members of the committee, I'm sure, put more value on resume and some put more value on who's the best team. And there's always that debate. There's always that conflict, right? That happens every single year. I typically am a guy who leans more towards best, but I also recognize the need to talk about resume. Because if a team has you know three losses, say they lost three games early in the year, but I'm like, man, they were banged up and now they're they're healthy and they're rolling on all cylinders. And this is like, right now, this is like the best team in the country. Well, you have to recognize they lost three games. So to me, it's like, if the records and the resumes are like remotely close, you go with who you think's the better team. Like go back to 2007, guys. Like we are a quintessential example of that. I know that was the BCS era, not the college football playoff era, but it would have been a fascinating case study if 2007 was a college football playoff year, right? Where we actually had a four-team playoff. Because we all know like we dropped two games that season, right? We dropped two games early. We, by the end of the year, are hitting on all cylinders, man. We were a very, very different team, the team that got blown out in Knoxville. I still maintain that at the end of that season, we were the best team in the country. If you would have put us into a four-team cultural playoff, I believe adamantly that we would have won that playoff. But would we have been deserving of being in the playoff that season? Because don't forget, Kurt Herbstreit, he was not alone, but he was the one on college game day just screaming from the rooftops that Georgia didn't deserve it, that we didn't even win our own division. So how could you possibly play for a national championship? Now, he reverse course when it was Alabama in that situation about a decade later. It's funny how that works, but I guess you can, your thinking can evolve, I guess. I guess we can allow for that, but still kind of rubs me the wrong way there. But that, that was a quintessential example of that. Like, okay, Georgia, I think clearly, to me, clear, it was clear to me. Now, LSU was good. There was other good teams. Maybe it wasn't so clear, but I think you can make a strong argument that we were the best team in the country by the end of the year, but were we deserving? So this is not a new debate. This is something that really comes into play every single year. But they clearly, this year, in these these first rankings, went with most deserving over best. I do not think that many people out there, in fact, I would think you'd you'd be hard-pressed probably to find much of anyone who would pick Ohio State over Georgia on a neutral site right now, or even Michigan on a neutral field right now at this point. But their resume, at least the wins that they have, are better right now. They have a win on the road at Notre Dame. A very unimpressive win. They barely got out of their life. Honestly, should not have won that football game. Hey, give them credit. They did what they had to do late in the game. They made the plays they had to. They won the football game in a tough environment. Give them credit there. They beat Penn State a couple weeks ago. Again, 
not an overly inspiring win, but Penn State's a one-loss team right now. There is a lot of respect for Penn State out there nationally. I don't know if I think Penn State is an elite team. I don't I don't think they are, actually. I think Penn State's a good to very good team. They have issues offensively right now. Drew Aller, the guy that everyone thought was going to be the superstar this year, it has not been that, and that was the question I was asking about him coming into the year. My, that was my question with Penn State, because I know there's a lot of love for them in the preseason. I think Charlie even had them in the college playoff. She, that, that was one of her top four. And I, I get it. Like They have two great running backs, you know, good defense, good offensive line. But all this love for Drew Aller being like the difference maker, I felt like that was just people who had wanted to see a big-time quarterback at Penn State for so long. Because think about it. Sean Clifford for all those years. Trace McSorley was good for them, but wasn't an elite big-time quarterback. Didn't have that kind of talent. Wasn't like a first-round type guy. And people have wanted to see Penn State with that kind of guy. That people felt that was the missing piece. They have all they have everything else they need, but they need that elite quarterback. And Drew Aller was this hyped up big time high school recruit, looks the part. And so people were just expecting him to plug and play and be that guy right away. And guys, he played a good bit last year, a fair amount, and didn't look like that. Now he's a true freshman. But that was my question about Penn State coming to the year is like, is Drew Aller really that guy? And no, right now he has not been. Now maybe he can grow into that guy. He's still a young player, but he hasn't been that guy. So, I mean, that's just, that's still a really good win. It was a home win um, over a good to very good Penn State team. Probably a team that's going to end up 10-2 in the regular season. That'd be my projection for them right now. But that's still clearly a better win than anything that we have right now. I think both those wins are at Notre Dame and Penn State at home are, are inarguably better wins than anything that we have right now. Better wins than anything Michigan has right now. Better wins than I think what that Florida State has right now. Better wins than what Washington has right now. Now, Washington's win over Oregon is a really good win. Oregon's a top six team. Oregon's a really, really good football team, guys. I think they actually might be, talking about best, they might be one of the best four teams. I think I would, right now, on a neutral side, I would pick Oregon over Florida State. And to be perfectly honest with you, I very well might pick Oregon over Ohio State on a neutral site. But Oregon has lost a game, so most deserving comes into play, right? And yeah, so that Washington has a nice win over Oregon, but outside of that, I mean, Washington... If you're going to have, so you have five undefeated Power 5 teams, right? And Washington, in my opinion, this is, this is my projection of, of what they do. This is what I would have done too. I think Washington needs to be the team on the outside looking in. Yes, they have a better win than we have with that win over Oregon. But guys, they have struggled. And it's not just like, you know, the sleepwalking game like right after Oregon. Yeah, they kind of slept walk through a game against Arizona State. But guys, they easily could have lost to Stanford last week. They got outgained by Stanford. By Stanford, a two-win Stanford team. I think Arizona is a good football team, but they barely beat Arizona. They beat them by a touchdown. Big, nice win against Oregon. And the early in the season against overmatched opponents, they were just dominating them. But outside of that Oregon win, and guys, let's be real about Oregon. They had that game at home, and they should have won that game. I mean, I love Dan Lanning, but Dan Lanning got like, too hyper aggressive in that game and really kind of lost that game for Oregon. Oregon, I think what, what went for like three times, and I, I would say you probably should have gone for it in any of those. If they don't go for it on one of those or get one of them, they win the football game. But it didn't work out that way. I, I still think if they play on neutral side, if they play again in the Pac-12 title game, which they probably will, I would pick Oregon right now. But Washington's resume outside of the Oregon win is it's, it doesn't scream top four team. It doesn't scream cultural playoff team right now. So I think they got it right having them at number five. But going back to the dogs at number two behind Ohio State, again, I have, I have no issue with that because I just I know what they're doing. I, I think that Georgia is the better team, but I think it's very defensible right now to say we're going with resume right now, right? Right now, Georgia has looked really good, especially recently, but they haven't beaten a team ranked inside the top 25 of these initial CFP rankings. Now, we're going to have opportunities to do that moving forward. We'll get to that in a minute. But right now, Ohio State has 
two wins over, well, I think, top 15 teams. I think, I think Notre Dame was top 15. I think Penn State was number 11. So yeah, right now, I'm okay with it. I have no issue. I'm not going to be that the, the Homer guy going to sit here and scream from the rooftop, scream bloody murder, that Ohio State's ahead of Georgia. That's fine. I get it. It's fair, defensible, reasonable, logical, all of the above. And I absolutely have more thoughts on this, guys. But real quickly, I want to work this in. There's probably going to be a shorter episode, so I want to work both these reads in real quick. I want to remind you guys about our great friends once again at MyBookie. MyBookie is a sports book to trust, guys. If you're putting your money in the line, you want to pick a sports book that you can trust, that you can be confident in. And I'm telling you, MyBookie is one that you can trust. You can bet with them, feel comfortable about your deposits, get quick payouts. They have a ton of options for you guys, whether it's the cash out early options, all the live betting options, prize pools, you name it. So many ways for you guys to make money and pad your wallets heading into the holiday season. I know it's Halloween today right now, but it's going to be Christmas season before long. Some of you might already be getting the head start on that Christmas shopping. So you want to pad your wallet and MyBookie will help you do that. Just go to MyBookie.ag. If you're a brand new user, use our promo code UGA to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. That does come with a playthrough. Got to be real with you guys. But if you want to avoid that, they have another option for you. You can use the code 200cash to get a 10% cash bonus up to $200 added straight to your account no strings attached, just bet your initial deposit and you will get that bonus added straight to your account, free to withdraw, do whatever you want with it. So again, mybookie.ag, promo code UGA or promo code 200cash. And while we're at it, let's not forget about our other great friends at Alumni Hall. I know a lot of you are coming in town this weekend, so make sure to stop by Alumni Hall inside the Epps Bridge Shopping Center. It's just past the Coding Connector off of 316. A lot of you will be driving right past it on your way in. They're going to be open and ready for you guys to be waiting on you. Bright and early, 8 a.m., stop in, quick pit stop, great customer service. You get exactly what you want. They'll hook you guys up. Get all your cold weather gear so you don't freeze. It should be nice at kickoff, but it's going to get chilly later, so you want to make sure you are taken care of. And if you're not coming down, no big deal. You can get your stuff, too, just by going to alumnihall.com because Alumni Hall is where the bulldog shop. All right, guys, a couple more things I, I want to get to here. So, again, I have no issue with the top four, top five. I think they got it right. Now, to be honest, instead of being angry, like I know maybe some of you are expecting me to be with Georgia not number one, I'm actually on the other side of this. I'm actually encouraged by the way these rankings have played out, at least these initial CFP rankings. Because let's go back to my predictions on the mailbag episode. I had Ohio State one. Michigan 2, Georgia 3, Florida State 4, Washington 5. That's how I predicted things would play out. I felt like the committee was going to be holding to those narratives and some of the misleading blowouts that Michigan has had. But I got to give the committee some props here. They looked past those narratives. All the talk about Georgia's week schedule and all the talk about how Michigan's just dominating everyone. And they really got to the core of these two teams. They looked deeper. And I felt like they probably would because they're humans and they fall victim to these things. They fall prey to it. It happens. But if you really look deeper, what you find is our schedule at the very least has been the equal of Michigan's schedule. And depending on what strength of schedule metrics you are, you are looking at, and there's several of them out there, but there are several of them that have our strength of schedule actually a little bit better than Michigan's. And I'll say it again. I told you guys on the mailbag episode, if you look at who Michigan has played, they have played five offenses. There are seven offenses in the Big Ten that are 109th or worst in total offense. And Michigan has played 
five of them. And I know the argument to that is, well, you know, the Big Ten just has really good defense. That's why their offensive numbers are so bad. No, 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 no. Watch Big Ten football, guys. Those offenses are dreadful. They are anemic. And watch those offenses against non-Big Ten competition. They aren't doing anything as non-Big Ten teams either. Against non-con teams, they aren't moving the football. They aren't scoring points. They're not good offenses. The Big Ten has two decent off, like two and a half decent offenses. Michigan's really good on offense. Ohio State can be really good. I think they're somewhat limited by their quarterback. Penn State has a good but not great offense. Outside of that, who is good offensively in the Big Ten? Please tell me. Who? I mean, half the teams in the freaking conference are 100th or worse in total offense. It's not a good offensive conference, guys. In fact, the Big Ten kind of sucks this year. Let's just be real. It is very, very top-heavy. Michigan is really good. Ohio State is really good. Penn State is a slight tier below those two teams. Outside of those three teams, guys, who is any good in the Big Ten? Who? Michigan State? Hell no. Rutgers? Better than they used to be, but no. Illinois? No. Wisconsin? No. Fine, but not that good. Uh, Iowa? Jesus, no. Not not Iowa. No, no, no. Not Iowa. Nebraska? Nope. Uh, let's see who Northwestern. Hey, they're four and four, but no, that tells you how bad the big, the big 10 is. Indiana. Nope. Purdue. Hell no. Maryland's fine, but also no. Minnesota's garbage. Offense is atrocious. It's a bad conference. It's really not good. I'm not saying you're saying the SEC is the best conference in college football this year. It is a slightly down year for the SEC, but look at what the SEC has got this year. Okay, so you got Georgia, you got Alabama, you got LSU. To me, that is at least the equivalent of Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, right? Well, then you've also got Ole Miss, who's a one-loss team. Missouri is a one-loss team. Tennessee, still a good football team. A&M is really talented. We beat most of those Big Ten teams. Kentucky's a solid football team. I think they're better than most of the Big Ten teams. I mean, obviously outside of the, the, the trio of Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State, Florida's decent. The SEC is clearly a better conference than the Big Ten. So I know that Michigan hasn't played all those teams, and you don't want to hold all that against Michigan. You only hold against them who they played, but they have played really bad football teams, guys. And I'm not saying our schedule has been great. Our schedule has been largely very uninspiring. But it's been, again, at least, at least, at worst, the equal of Michigan, but I think it's actually been at least a little bit better than Michigan, in my opinion. So that's why I told you guys earlier in the week, I would have us ahead of Michigan. I felt like the committee would not. So I got to get the committee props here. They were seeing the things that I'm seeing. The Michigan schedule is garbage and no one wants to talk about it. The narrative was people just want to rip down Georgia because we are the, the two-time national champion. So it's fun to try to tear us down and say our schedule is no good and make fun of us for that. And you just conveniently ignore the fact that Michigan's schedule is actually worse than ours. And if you look at how we fare against our schedule, we have controlled games more than Michigan has. We were outgaining our opponents, what I think is a slightly tougher schedule than Michigan's schedule, by more yards than Michigan is outgaining their opponents. But really more than anything, what encourages me, or really encourages me about the committee having us number two is what it indicates. It indicates to me that the committee has far more respect for our schedule and far more respect for our team than the majority of the national talking heads out there on the country do. And if we get through these next three weeks, this is a tough stretch, guys. We, we know it. We've talked about it many times. If we get through these next three weeks, we hold serve at home against Missouri and Ole Miss, and we go on the road and win a tough game in a really tough environment against a motivated Tennessee team, if we win these next three weeks and, and also go to Atlanta and beat Tech, who's not a good team, but they're much more capable than they have been in years past, if we win out through the regular season and then, of course, go and win the SEC Championship game. We need to, we need to do that as well. It's all going to take care of itself. There's no need to worry. We're fine, guys. We were actually in better position than we were last year. Just think about it this way. If the committee already has us so high at number two, 
with the schedule that we have played to this point, which again has not been great. We got to be real. We got to own that. It is what it is. It's not our fault that we had to cancel the Oklahoma game, but that is the schedule that we have. It hasn't been great to this point. So if they already have us so high with the schedule that we've had through the first eight games of the season, it's very reasonable to expect that when we play three top 17 teams over the next three weeks, at least as they are currently ranked, that, that we will jump Ohio State, who has what ahead of them? They We know they have to play Michigan on the road to end the regular season, but leading up to that game, they have a vigorous stretch of at Rutgers, Michigan State at home, and the oh-so-great Minnesota Golden Gophers at home before they make that trip to Ann Arbor and probably get smacked around by Michigan once again this season. And if you think about Michigan, okay, so I know Michigan fans are trying to do the calculus now. How can we jump Georgia? Well, Georgia's going to have to lose for Michigan to jump us. Because if you look at Michigan's schedule, what do they got down the road? So we know they have the matchup at home with Ohio State, but what do they got here over the next couple of weeks? They host Purdue, who has two wins on the year. They go to Penn State. That'll, that'll give them a boost. That's That would be a good win if they win that game. They go to Maryland, who's fine. They're okay, whatever. And then they host Ohio State. So if you look at that, they have a potential game against number one Ohio State, a potential win over number 11 Penn State. Compare that to what we have. We have a potential win over a top 10 Ole Miss team, at least as they're ranked right now. If they beat uh, Texas A&M at home this week, we have a game against a top 15 Missouri team. And then we have a game against a top 20, top seven, I think number 17 right now, Tennessee on the road. Would wins over Penn State on the road and Ohio State at home be enough for Michigan to jump over us when we have those three games that we have down the stretch? I do not think so. And here's the other thing you have to think about with both those teams, both those Big Ten teams. We also have the conference championship game, right? So if we went out in the regular season, we are also going to face either LSU or Alabama in the SEC championship game. Well, who is either Ohio State or Michigan going to play? Probably Wisconsin or Iowa, probably one of those two teams. I mean, there's still lots to be played out in the Big Ten West. Technically, Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska, they're all still alive because all four of those teams are three and two in the conference right now. So it could be any of those teams. But let me read those teams again, guys. Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, or Nebraska. Those are the four possibilities right now that either Michigan or Ohio State would be playing in the Big Ten Championship game. Compare that to Georgia playing either LSU or Alabama. No contest. If we win out, and we got to win out, we have to win the regular season games. We got to win these next four games down the stretch. We got to we've got to be either Bama or LSU in the SEC championship game. But if we do that, if we win out through the SEC championship game, we will be number one in the college football playoff rankings. The, the final ones, the ones that actually matter. We will jump Ohio State because at that point we would have a better resume than Ohio State, and Michigan has no chance to jump us. They just don't. They won't have as many wins as we have. And right now we are ahead of them. So how are they going to jump us when we have the opportunity to get better wins, more good wins than they do down the stretch, and we're already ahead of them? So that's why I actually find it very encouraging that we're number two. I didn't expect us to be. I expected Michigan to be. I thought that's where the committee would go, but I was wrong. Let's give the committee credit here. And honestly, guys, I know number twos. It's hard to play the disrespect card when you're number two, but anything that we can get like that, that allows Kirby Smart to play that card to even some degree, it leaves our guys hungry. 
I'm all about it. I'm all about it. I'd rather just be number two, honestly, right now, because it doesn't matter right now. It just leaves our guys a little bit hungrier. And you know, like, you might say, well, it's just, you're still number two. Like, how can you really play that up? Well, guys, Kirby Smart is a master motivator. There's a reason the guy gets paid what he gets paid. I and mean, he had the team thinking that people were saying that we were going to go seven and five last year. He had them, like, firmly convinced that was the case. Now, Nolan Smith played a role in that as well. But you can, you can find a way to play that up and make these guys feel a little disrespected and feed that hunger down the stretch the rest of this season. So I'm, I'm all about it. I'm good with it. I think it's fair, and I'm actually encouraged by it. And it will all take care of itself if we just win. Just win, baby. All right, guys. So I think I said just about everything I had to say about where Georgia is ranked. Now, quickly, I just want to take a look at the rest of the rankings, the rest of the top 25, and share some quick thoughts on where some of these other teams rank, especially the teams that we are going to be playing here the next couple of weeks. Alabama at number eight. I think, I mean, they, yeah, that, that makes sense to me. They're, they can't be ahead of Texas, right? They both have one loss. Texas beat them head-to-head in Tuscaloosa. Texas has got to be ahead of Alabama. That makes sense to me. I think that Oregon right now is better than Alabama, so I'm cool with Oregon being ahead of them. Um, I, yeah, I think that's fair. Alabama 8, that seems right to me. Uh, Ole Miss at number 10. Hey, guys, it's a one-loss team. This is a team that beat LSU at home. The only loss they have is to Alabama. They're two spots behind Bama. I think based off what Ole Miss has done, if you're going to lean on resume, which the committee seems like they're doing, I think having Ole Miss at 10 is is a really fair spot. You have Missouri at 12 and LSU at 14. They have LSU as the top-ranked two-loss team in the country. I think that's right. I think LSU is the best two-loss team out there right now. Missouri's got to be ahead of them. Missouri has one loss. They've also... I know that Missouri lost to LSU. That's the argument, right? So I think that Missouri is a better team. Here's the most deserving versus better argument, right? I mean, LSU is the better team. They went into Columbia, Missouri and beat Missouri on their home field. But LSU has two losses. But who are those losses to? Well, those losses are to the number four team in Florida State and the number 10 team in Ole Miss. So does that mean that Missouri is better than LSU? Should they be ranked ahead of LSU? Personally, I would not. I would have LSU ranked ahead of Missouri. I know Missouri has one loss, but we've seen LSU beat Missouri head-to-head at Missouri, and their two losses are, are to two top 10 teams. And just look at all the other metrics, guys. LSU is beating teams far more convincingly than what Missouri is doing. So I would have LSU ahead of Missouri. I mean, that's that's a very slight quibble. Like I, I'm not going to make a big deal about that. It's fine, whatever. I get it. Missouri is a one-loss team, but I just personally think that LSU is better. And I'm one of the guys that if it's that close, especially when you have the head-to-head factor there, I would lean LSU. I would lean who I think is the better team. I think you make a really strong argument to have Tennessee maybe inside the top 15 ahead of Oregon State and maybe Notre Dame. Notre Dame's offense is just so, so bad. Oregon State lost to Washington State, who's kind of falling apart right now. I know they have a nice win against Utah at home. So I guess that's what has them ahead of Tennessee right now because Tennessee does not have, at least I'm looking right here, I don't think that Tennessee has a win against any of these teams inside the CFP top 25 in these first rankings. So I guess it's fair. I just, I think that Tennessee's probably better than Oregon State, probably better than Notre Dame because Notre Dame's offense is just not good. Defensively, they're great. Offensively, an absolute disaster. I think having Kansas ahead of Oklahoma State is really interesting because Oklahoma State has the head-to-head win over Kansas. They have identical records. I guess what the committee is saying, there's one spot difference. So this is why, I, who cares? I'm not making a big deal about this. We're talking about number 21, 22. It really doesn't matter. But Oklahoma State has beaten Kansas head-to-head and has the same record. I guess what the committee was, would say here is Oklahoma State, one of their losses was a bad, bad loss. It was like 33-7 to South Alabama earlier in the year. Now, my argument to that be, my rebuttal would be, that was very early in the year, and Oklahoma State was still very much trying to figure out who they were. They were they were playing three quarterbacks then, guys. They had no idea the quarterback was going to be. They've settled on a guy now. They've settled on a starting running back. Ollie Gordon is maybe the best running back in the country right now. 
And Oklahoma State's just a better team than Kansas, and they've beaten them head-to-head. I know Kansas is kind of maybe a little bit of recency bias. They just beat Oklahoma, which is a better win than anything that Oklahoma State has. But again, Oklahoma State beat Kansas head-to-head. Same record. I mean, it's just kind of weird. It's the inconsistency sometimes with how the committee does things that kind of annoy me. But if the inconsistencies are like in the 20s, Whatever, it's fine. As long as it's not like in the top 10, I'm okay with that. I'm honestly not sure why Southern Cal is ranked at all. I guess when you get to that point, they're number 20, you start to ask yourself, well, who should be ranked ahead of them? Like, who should you put there? But Southern Cal is not a good football team, guys. They're, they obviously got beat down by Notre Dame, got beat by Utah, a team that just lost at home by like 30 points to Oregon. They easily could have lost to Colorado. Let Colorado come back in that game. They should have lost to Arizona at home. It's not a good football team. Like they're they're average at best right now. But yeah, I mean, these are very, very minor quibbles, guys. I mean, I think by and large, once again, I'll say it again. I think the committee did a really good job. I don't always think the committee does a good job. And maybe the next rankings and maybe the final rankings, I'll have a bigger issue with it. But at least for these first rankings for this season, I think they did a really good job with a really tough task, guys. I and mean, this is almost an impossible task. You have all these guys in one room. They look at things a little bit differently. It's tough. It's not an, an enviable job. Again, I think they lean typically with most of these rankings more on resume than best team. They went more with most deserving than best team. I personally don't lean that way typically, but I get the argument. I understand it. I think, again, as I said earlier, very fair, very defensible. Don't really have an issue with it. I'm fine with this at number two. I think it makes sense. It's all just about us winning out. Take care of business and the rest will take care of itself. But all right, guys, I think that's all I got for you. I know this wasn't a long episode, but I just want to get on here and give you guys my instant reaction to these rankings. I will be back tomorrow with our official Missouri game preview episode. Guys, I've been getting ready for this one for weeks and weeks now. I've watched every single game that Missouri has played. This team has been impressive all year long. I've been watching them for a month and a half now, basically every game that they played. And I've been more and more impressed with this team each and every week. It's a really good football team. So we're going to be diving deep into them tomorrow. And I will have that up for you guys tomorrow night, probably between 8 and 9, something like that. I'll get it recorded, get it uploaded as soon as I possibly can for you. So make sure to check back for that. And then, of course, Charlie will be back with me for another week of winners for you with our Week 10 Picks of the Week. So plenty of great stuff left for you guys the rest of the week. So come on back for more. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers, tell everyone about this show. The more the merrier. And we, of course, appreciate you guys. But that's all I got for today. I'm Tyler. And of course, as always, go dogs.